before this the story gets into the weeds here in the willows, uh, we'll come back to that. Chris. I kind of wanted to know though. I know. Like, is there like, is there rather than just saying, "Hey, Moose, you went on to to narrate." your activity, your physique, is there added value in adding that into the, do the moose care? Well, I've that never you're th- just coming through to, you know, like, oh, he's just fishing. Okay, I'll let him go this time. Now, if he was just coming through to go birding or something like that, then I was going to run Different him over. Story. Well, yeah. I mean, you don't want to, <laughs> A, you don't want to tell the moose, hey, moose, I'm here to shoot you. <laughs> uh, but, Stay you know, I guess I've at. never thought to ask him. <laughs> Yeah. You Next know, whenever you I get close to him, I don't like try yeah, you to. should try. I, yes. I begin yeah. talking to him, but I never really, it's always been a one way conversation. See, you're, you're an old scientist. Well, you're not old, but you are a former scientist. You should be able to, you know, <laughs> concoct some yeah, sort of a double study here on this. Uh, yeah. randomly uh, distributed. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what are, are you going to say? Words this time I don't quite remember. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I could come up with that. I could just start speaking in some tongues. I could uh, yeah. just go into some hullabajuba and, uh, or I could have a you know, conversation. <laughs> I was like, it was just putting syllables together, I suppose. And, uh, you know, because in my free time, I'm also one of the, one of those things you didn't know. I'm a scat man. Oh, oh okay, wow. okay. I certainly did not know this. Yeah, I right. love this. We're learning new things every time you guys are in here. <laughs> well, uh, we'll get going. No music, Carter. But uh, I'm sitting down with uh, our friends here, Brad Bauer, director of uh, the Sheridan Community Land Trust, and Chris Verba. And I'm going to use this uh, this uh, uh, role that you want to be named uh, the Carnival. <laughs> Barker in chief, um, is that right? Sure. Barker. Yeah. What is well, the carnival Well, I mean, they gave Barker? me a promotion this year. Oh, awesome! <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> they tried to send them off with the uh, the uh, traveling circus. And yeah. Came back. So. Yeah. Well, they didn't have me for terribly long. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we've had the we've had you guys both in here before. Um, but uh, this is always I always like having you guys in, so everyone in the community knows what's going on with the land trust. Um, maybe some review of what the land trust does. I think that's always very valuable. If we get a new listener or a new watcher that we get kind of like, Oh, I've seen, you know, I've seen the community land trust, but I don't know what they do. So this is kind of a good recap of what you guys do in the community and what's going on. So, um, you know, first and foremost, when you had, when you guys were in here, uh, I think it was spring, was it spring or summer? I can't remember uh, when you guys were all last. Sounds right. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I think some projects had not started yet, but some were starting. Um, and this was one of them, the red grade trails. We were expanding um, some trails up there in that system, correct? Yeah. Um, and so what's the update on that? Um, and especially right now in the fall, maybe are they still open? You know, how, how can people uh, make sure they're paying attention on if they get closed or if they stay open on the red yeah. grade trail system? Yeah. We've had for several years, I guess now, uh, about six miles of trail in the red grade trail systems. And, you know, people have been able to get out and bike and hike and walk and run that. And I think it's been really well received. Mm-hmm. Uh, constantly have really good use numbers. We have these trail counters that are out there that you know, tick down when people go through it. And um, I don't know what we had, somewhere around 65,000 trail uses this past year on our trail system. Whoa. Yeah. That's, you know, not individuals, but that's, you know, maybe you went out there 65,000 times. Right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. But, uh, yeah, so the new trails on the Red Grade Trail System is just up the road. So the Red Grade Trail Systems is west of, of uh, Bighorn, 
just when the road turns into gravel, that road that you take up, Red Grade Roads. Mm-hmm. And that's where the main trailhead's been at. The new trails are a little bit further up. They're on top of the mountain, up in Poverty Flats area. And what do we have? About four and a half miles, I think, at this point of trails up there that are that we've constructed this uh, later half of this summer Perfect. into the fall. They're still up there building right now. And it's been fun. We have our trail builder, Ronnie Wagner, um, which I guess we maybe should try to get and bring him in sometime. Yeah, whenever. He's a neat guy. He works with us and also Antelope Butte. Yeah, uh, that's right. Area. So he's he's got a really fun story of how he ended up in Sheridan and, you know, and his approach, his philosophy to trail building. It's, he spent a lot of time thinking, a lot more time thinking about trails than I ever have. So, <laughs> you know, from the design on into how to, how to make them. But anyway, so Ronnie's building trails. And then we also have this really cool company, Gumption Trail Works out of Rifle, Colorado, uh, building in the same area. So there, if you'd imagine, Ronnie's building to the right and, and, and uh, Gumption's building to the left. They're building away from each other, but it's all going to eventually connect into that trail system that you know. Oh, wonderful. You know that down lower on the mountain Yeah, is the plan. So four and a half miles, everybody's been very open to opening those trails as we go. So it's all open. Perfect. What, what they've built, for the most part, you can go out and explore on foot. You know, you can go run, you can bike it, you can walk it. You can go and get some phenomenal mountain views of the high country within about a half a mile or less of the parking lot, which, you know, we've been up there a few times this summer where the smoke didn't allow much for a view. Right. But man, it's nice right now. Yeah. You get some really crisp mornings that you can see all the way up to the high country and you know, see the snow that's coming our direction. Yeah. Um, Maybe still this fall, there might be two new parking lots to go in with what they're building. We have a local company, Wagner Ranch Services, building two parking lots for us. And if they don't get to it this fall, which who knows with the snow and such, but um, they'll be getting those parking lots in then next spring. And wow. Oh. So this summer, about roughly, say, five miles in that yeah. new system. Yeah. And, and with there's many, many miles to go still. Uh, you know, when, when Ronnie and uh, Gumption are all done with the work that, that we're hoping and to have them complete, we should have somewhere around 28 miles of trail Whoa. up there. So, we, you know, we're... Not quite to the halfway point of yep. construction. <laughs> you know, and a couple more parking lots here and there, and um, some equestrian trails, horseback trails. Uh, oh, wonderful! Connections all the way to the bottom of the mountain for those users as well. So, it's um, it's exciting. Each new trail f- is offered some new aspect. You know, with some. You know, some of them go along the cliffs and in between rocks. Some of them take you to these great big views. Some of them take you to these, uh, you know, these high open meadows, you know, see wildlife. And, yeah. You know, it's, it's been really neat. Each one has its own character. We don't even have names for them yet, though. No. That's, you know, eventually <laughs> we have to figure out what the heck we're going to call these yeah. trails. Absolutely. And right now it's just been uh, kind of directing people that you go up Red Grade Road. And after you get into the forest and you go by that sign on the right that says you're entering Bighorn National Forest, you cross the cattle guard there. There's a road off to the right. Do you remember the name of that road, the number of that road? Man, I hate to say 
what that wrong yeah, number it's the first is going to be. I'm pretty rule. sure I know what it is, but I hate to say it. The, say what, wrong. what I can say, the best way to be able to find out where it's at is to go to our website, and that's Sheridan CLT, like communitylandtrust.org. And right there on the top bar, you'll see we've opened new red grade trails. See how to get there. Click on that button. It'll give you the map to what's open today, as well as a little bit of a primer about what's there. And, you know, so it isn't just like hiking, biking, running, walking. You know, you can go up there and you can do yoga. You could go do football workouts up there if you wanted to. (laughs) Believe it. You know, we got some big rocks up there and there are some trees that could use moves. So if you got a group, but, you know, I remember like back in the gridiron days, uh, you know, and I was on the line. So, uh, you know, we did a lot of wall sits and, you know, ooh, let's just shove something big, right? Because this was like, we finally got that balance sled that was a little more fancy. (laughs) When I started, we had that that old rusted out sled that barely had pads on it. Do you have leather helmets, Chris? Is this a... (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, we we had just traded those leather helmets in at Pocahontas. (laughs) Um, But we did have the the big round helmets. And of course, because uh, this was, uh, as it was the style at the time, the goal was to see how much paint you could get on your oh, helmet sure. from other people. Yes. Which I assume someday is going to you know, be a problem for me. <laughs> Some CTE here later uh, in life. I mean, someday. you never know, right? So, yeah. <laughs> I, I ask myself that same question all the time, especially when you go like, man, I can't quite remember. When, what was I doing? Um... I, I, you know, that generally fishing is the answer. Yes. Yeah. 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 But well, but I mean, even then, like, <laughs> how did I get turned around up here in this beaver pond? <laughs> well, I mean, the the willows all look the same. Uh, but you know, you could get up there, like, especially with those quick views. You you have opportunities, like, take a picnic, go up there, grab a camera. Takes not just pictures of landscape, but you can bump into wildlife. It's full of grouse up there. Uh, you know, as you're going through one area, uh, you know, when I was out with the Gumption guys at the end of July and we just moved to the west side of Boson Rock, uh, you know, we're looking at the flag line. And you know, as you're walking through, you can see all these scattered piles of elk scat. So, like, oh, man, we are really getting scatological today. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> But, you know, so you can see the signs of wildlife and nature all around you that's just off the road there. And so previously, these are areas of the forest that were, you know, pretty tough to explore. You know, still within the red grade corridor. So, you know, whatever is there, you can quickly get off the trail and, and feel like you're a million miles away from anywhere. But knowing you're not that far from being able to get back to where you need to be. And... Uh, they're just incredible areas. The cool part about what I see up there, and, and I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you I'm some sort of trail expert. That's what Ronnie is. <laughs> That's what Tammy, our trails coordinator, is. That's what the gumption guys are. You know, they're the people who know how to build trail and what makes for great trail. What I can tell you as a novice user these trails are built in a way not only are they sustainable you know they have they're full of rollers and other little things that help do grade control and drainage control so you aren't running this giant gully right that like as you see see on so many of the old style trails which isn't a fault on the old style of trail it's just 
how stuff was built, right? Mm. But, you know, we don't build Model Ts anymore either, right? <laughs> you know? Like, so as we, as we've, technology has progressed and we've learned more, we build these things so they're far more sustainable, far more usable. And what's really important on top of that, they're far more mellower of grades. So, <laughs> fat man from the flatlands can get on the bottom of that trail get all the way up to the top of the radio towers without really huffing and puffing too hard maybe a little bit a little bit, a little bit right <laughs> but i you so having a much more mellower grade and you're not having to <clears throat> you know so like a good example is you know, take a hike up to Misty Moon, right? Mm -hmm. You know, there's areas of that trail there. My mom saw my backpacking pictures this summer, and she's like, I need to come out there and do that. And I'm going, Mom, you've had a quadruple bypass and your knees are shot. Mm -hmm. She's like, well, I'll be all right. It's just a few miles. <laughs> I, I go hiking in Iowa. <laughs> yeah, you go hiking on flatland. Yeah. Uh, you know, but like, you know, I'm telling her, 90% of that trail is perfectly fine for you. But there's that 10% where, man, you got to take the big steps up on that rock. You're, you know, you're walking across slick rock. You're, you know, you're on places that <sighs> trail's a polite way of putting it. Yeah. You know, there's that trail over there. Well, we'll figure out a way to get and to say nothing of having to go across a boulder scramble and whatnot. And, you know, and that's great and that's fine. And that's awesome for anyone who wants to get out and really be in the wild land. Right. Mm -hmm. But if we aren't bringing more people into our outdoors, if we aren't helping more people form connections with the land that's right here, so our mountains aren't just a scenic backdrop for us, how on earth are people ever going to form that connection with it and care about it in the future when we know there are so many challenges out here? You know, whether that's drought in our region in particular, you know, whether that's development in places, you know, how, how, how do you ever, you know, trying to, trying to make sure we still have mule deer or elk or moose or any of the super cool animals and plants that are out here, how to say nothing of things like horned lizards or rubber boas or, or any of those cool things, or to, you know, have continue to have Yellowstone cutthroat trout, our only native trout in Wyoming. Mm -hmm. For perpetuity and perpetuity is the important part right right i want to go to i want to ask this question you know because we just mentioned you got ronnie yeah. and then we've got we've got the other guys i just forgot their name gumption uh, is the name of gumption the yeah you know how does the land trust pay for that you know i think a lot of people probably saw this fundraiser by wild gives um but i think uh, you know how how does the land trust you know get guys you know professional trail builders to build 28 miles of trail yeah, uh, most of our funding comes from community members. You know, it's we have a really generous, as you know, community here, Sheridan, who values our uh, our mission and the mission of so many other very valuable nonprofits in our in our community. Yeah, the the Wild Gives Day. This is the second year they've done that now, uh, and that's put on by the Wyoming Nonprofit Association. It's pretty cool. Like that was unexpected uh, for us. We never knew that was, well, I guess we, we, we jumped on the first year, didn't really know what to expect for it. And, and the second year that they did it just this uh, mid-July was pretty 
spectacular in that the Hughes Charitable Foundation, which is a, a foundation out of um, Jackson, Jackson, offered to match dollar for dollar whatever was raised for any nonprofit that participated that wow. Wild Give. So they, they gave a ton of money in addition to community members across the state giving and supporting nonprofits. That's fantastic. Very generously. Yeah. And then doubled it. You know, Hughes, Hughes Foundation then doubled that support. So it was a great day for uh, all sorts of community efforts, no matter mm-hmm. what part of the state you're sitting in. Yeah. We benefited f- for certain. We, you know, we, uh, uh, we were raising money for our trail building efforts uh, through that Wild Gives campaign. And, and uh, just, again, just very humbled by the support that we were able to get by the community. Yeah. And then had that icing on the cake where it was doubled. Yeah. So, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Always love those matches. Yeah. Well, and, you know, why not? Like, if you if you care about something and, and you like using it or, or like that, it's there. Like, no, you know, however you want to support something. And everybody listening to this podcast right now, you know, you're a Wyomingite, you, or you have Wyoming in your heart. There's something here you love. That's why you're listening. You know, even if it isn't uh, the red grade trail system or conservation or history or any of the stuff SCLT does, there's definitely somebody here in Sheridan or somewhere in Wyoming that's doing something you support. You know, I go seek them out. Ask them how you can help. Yep. You know, and even... And look for opportunities where, you know, okay, maybe I can only give you 10 bucks today or 25 bucks. Well, you know, will that $25 itself be a transformational thing? Not on its own, right? But if you have somebody who's matching that money, well, now my $25 is 50. Mm-hmm. Or in the case, since we already had lined up some matches, you know, the dead Swede folks gave us five grand to use as a day of match. <laughs> Because some other folks, you know, we'd already raised what we thought was going to be our match for the thing, right? Mm-hmm. So we had already lined up so much awesome support. Um, so, you know, by being able to utilize those type of matches, you can help create more good in whatever it is you support. And then on top of that, because you chose to give, you know, Hey, we had 87 people come forward and make gifts because of the Wyo Gives match to support trails. You know, we have 60,000 trail visits a year. You know, what, by being able to have people come forward and do and support you, you know, even if that number isn't huge, just being there to support is important because it builds that credibility and viability yeah. in the communities. It, it's, it's, it's like the cultural capital you need to be able to say, this is why this is important. Yep. Totally. Well, and I think what's, um, I want to relay this in because a lot of people think, you know, Sheridan Community Land Trust. So it's always around Sheridan, but I'm reading here on your guys's notes. So you guys are going to design some new ones at the Tongue River Water Trail System. Yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously not Sheridan. So um, talk, how did that come about? Um, you know, what's the timeline for that? Um, and that sounds pretty exciting on, you know, kind of the, I guess, northern part of, you know, the Sheridan community. Yeah, but it's, you know, we are Sheridan Community Land Trust. That doesn't mean that we just work in the 
town of Sheridan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, we happen to have a county name Sheridan as well, and that's you know that's the area that we get to <laughs> try to, to to work our mission in. Um, you're referencing our Tongue River Water Trail, which is a it's it's pretty unique, uh, at least in my experience in the West. Of uh, it provides an opportunity both on public and private lands to access our streams, uh, mostly Big Goose, Goose, Little Goose, and Tongue River as they flow north and east out of, out of the county. And you can use the Tongue River Water Trail to you know, take your canoe out with your family or you know, go out kayaking by yourself or go birding or what have you. Um, or hiking in the winter when it's iced over. Or hiking in the winter. You got to be, yeah. you know, careful. Yeah. Doing that, right? <laughs> Snowshoeing, huh? Oh. But, yeah, or fat biking. Fat oh, biking. awesome. Yeah, we have people that do that. Yeah. Down the river. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so, you know, most folks know us for, I feel like most folks know us for, for trails. Mm-hmm you know, hiking or they're a biker or they're, they get out on horseback. But we, the land trust, we work in other areas, including historical preservation and, and, and telling stories of our, of our really robust history of the, of the, in this area. Mm-hmm. And Carrie, who we had on the last time, Carrie yes. Edinger had on the last time, and, and she's our historical program manager. And uh, she saw a pretty neat opportunity and I love this, where we can overlap our various missions. And so you can, you know, people can experience multiple appreciations at the same place, at the same time, maybe even. So we, across the Tongue River Water Trail, uh, there's 14 river access sites. There's 15th is still in the works. Um, mostly you would go to these sites, public and private lands, and there'd be a sign. And it would be the logistics of floating, of using that section of creek between point A and point B. You know, you're putting in here and they tell you how to get out or what to expect along the way. Gotcha. She started thinking about, boy, you know, there is, this is, these are neat arteries. You know, these rivers are neat, these creeks are neat arteries through our geography, but also through our time, our landscape that we live in. You know, right. There's a lot of history that you are potentially floating by. Right that maybe you don't, aren't aware of. Right. And so, that, so she started working with uh, our, one of our partners on the project, the Department of Environmental Quality, uh, Bannon Mines Land Program, had an opportunity through us uh, to redevelop those, that signs to, to help tell some of that story. Oh, fantastic. So it's certainly not gonna be a complete history. You know, you're not gonna yeah. know all the folks <laughs> that have ever walked on that land in between here and there. But you will know some of the, the high points. Yeah. You know, that, you know, that you're floating through uh, an area that used to be, you know, a mine or has uh, American Indian signific- significance. Uh, sure. Or maybe, you know, that you're going by the old nightclub. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's <laughs> kind of cool to know. Because that, I didn't know about that until recently. Yep. You know, that, that, that was out there on, on the Decker Road. And the water trail goes right by it. Right. So, you know, she's working on that. The timeline is, do you know what the timeline is on that? Uh, so currently we're working with Richard Bochka, uh, if you're familiar with him. He's redesigning our maps and he's bringing that 
the old school cartography methods. Oh, cool. To it. So they're going to like, they're really beautiful maps. Yeah. 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 And then that was functional, but yeah. 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 <laughs> but, yeah. That's what Chris and I can manage. We can, we, well, sometimes <laughs> I feel like we barely manage functional. <laughs> you know, it depends on what it is. Right. But you know, neither Brad and I are cartographers. So right. trying to put a map together is, Okay, well, I'm bringing this GIS layer. Here's an image. All right, I'll put some lines on it, maybe some directions. Hopefully the symbol works. Often having to make your own symbols, which gets really fun. Um, we got we got our uh, our hunting gear owl out on Hidden Hoot right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, just last week I was out with Rich and we went and, and ground truthed a few places to make sure what the maps, because it turns out... <laughs> Google Maps isn't exactly an accurate thing. Yeah. Especially when it comes to old roads and rivers and, and places like that. They're oh, sure. They're wrong. They're not in the right spots. You know, oh, that bend's very much not there anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And uh, it, it was just fun to be able to go out and see some of those places. So Rich is in the process of actually drawing up those maps. Cool. Then he'll give them to us. I work with him to, to put the details on top because he's essentially giving us this cool hand-drawn base layer that then we got to scan in. And um, and then from there, uh, those signs go. Carrie works on putting the history pieces together. Uh, that'll all wind up over at Alpha where Allison will help put the finishing touches on getting it all together. Uh, and then ideally, next spring and summer, those new signs go in. Perfect. So at least that's how I understand it. My piece <laughs> in it is uh, helping uh, get the bait, getting the water trail yeah, done. Yeah. And of course, that's like, you know, one of those things that we're doing intermittently in and around all of these other projects right, right, that right. we're working on. Too. I just heard Chris say spring, so that's... Spring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> spring, summer, you know, and... Um, you know, hopefully sooner than later, right? Yes. So this, so here's a cool one. This past Sunday, when when we talk spring and summer, well, technically it got done in the summer because it went in on Sunday, right? As we're sitting here mm -hmm. on the first day of fall. Um, yeah. our new, uh, yeah, our so. You know, as we talk about intersecting uses of land and missions, you know, the the third uh, trailside interpretive sign went in the ground on Sunday, uh, and that's up on the link. I just went over to it yesterday and took some pictures, uh, and that's and the Bighorn Panoramic sign. Yeah, describe those, because Carrie, last time she was here, said those were in the works. Oh. So explain, yeah. Yeah. explain again those, uh, you know, probably won't do it as eloquently as she would, but to remind everyone what those are, and then you can describe that panorama one. Uh, um, well, so <laughs> these interpretive signs are these absolutely uh, incredible tools to learn while you're out on the trail and to be able to experience some of that history and really develop a sense of place about where you're at. Uh, you know, one of the things you go out on the Soldier Ridge Trail System or wherever you're at in our area and you look up at the mountains and what's the first thing everybody does? <laughs> well, that's Blacktooth. Oh, that's Woolsey. That's Black Mountain. That's Cloud Peak. That's, you know, you name them. Oh, there's Bomber. Oh, man, that's the Anominable Bull, right? <laughs> <laughs> Close. Something like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, the Indenominable in denomination, I. <laughs> it was close. It was yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I get it. It's a nominate. There we go. 
the name without a name. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the signs. Yeah, three. So and then the, yeah, and then the, three signs <laughs> that are out there. So you, you see this face of the mountain, and, and what you quickly realize is not everybody's like nobody knows for sure what these mountains are, but everybody thinks they know, right? Right, right. Like right. the what's that, the Dunning Kruger curve or something like that. Um, you lost us. Back the, to the, the science. Be, Back to the anyway. science. <laughs> <laughs> so, after sourcing Forest Service maps, uh, a peak finder, Google, uh, you know, we eventually landed on, uh, we managed to triangulate what these peaks were. Right. So now we have a sign out there that shows you the peaks as you're looking at them, as you're seeing them from the trail and telling you which ones they are. But not only are you going to be able to identify what peak that is, so you can actually go, that is actually Blacktooth, that is Woolsey, and that is the anomaly in the correct order that you see them up there. Mm-hmm. Um, You'll also have an opportunity to see what the tribal names for those same peaks were, because it's not like the names they are today are the names they always were. Right. right. You know, people have named those mountains for as long as there have been people around them. And I imagine if you talk to the moose on the uh, North <laughs> Tongue, they might have some names for them, too. But I just don't know their <laughs> tongue to be able to tell you. Uh, in addition to that, you're going to get stories of bighorn history and see where those stories took place. So maybe it's the murders up on Walker Prairie. Mm. Maybe it's the Dead Swede story. Maybe, it, you know, where was the tie hack for the North Tongue or what's going on down in story, you know, on the uh, Grandma's Mountain. Yeah, the, the story of how that mountain yeah. got its name. Yep, yep. Um, you know, where is the medicine wheel at? You know, all these just stories of of what is the collective culture and history of the Bighorns are on there, and you can see where they occurred in the mountains from the vantage point you're at. Right. You know, so really to develop your sense of place both in that very narrow sense and in the broader sense of, oh, this is the place I'm at either visiting or for those of us who are fortunate enough, we can call it home. Uh, so that sign went in the ground on Sunday. It's up on the link just after you come off the top of Hoot Loop and cross the guard over onto the link trail. Gotcha. If you're not familiar with where that's at and you want to go check out the sign, share it in CLT, like communitylandtrust.org. We have all the trail maps there. And earlier this summer on red grade trails, uh, down on the lower trails, we have a red grade history, of red grade road, as well as a Plains Indian heritage, uh, right. sign. And so you can find those, uh, the red grade road is right at the bottom of Tinker trail. You'll see it right at base parking lot. And the Plains Indian heritage is right in the lower loops on Prairie edge trail. And you just go across the road go through the trailhead, go down around. It's just past the sign-in box. If you look down, you can actually see it. Yeah, that's fantastic. So they're close and easy places to access for yep. folks. Yeah. No, that's great. I'll give a shout-out to uh, the Wyoming Cultural Trust Fund paid for the, some of those signs. Yep. Yeah. Um, I do want to run into, since we're talking about history, um, you know, we're kind of at the end of September, but you guys have been running a history program 
uh, with the hub. It's been every Tuesday at 10:30 a.m. Uh, what have those been? And um, so we missed yesterday. Um, are those going to continue, um, or are those going to change into different things? Yeah, um, I just started actually. You're oh, right. okay. Yeah, okay. So September was the first month. Um, Explore History program with the Hub on Smith, an awesome opportunity. Um, you know, even with the, the history signs that Chris was talking about and I was talking about earlier with the water trail, we've been trying to capture our the histories that we've been telling or with our discovery sessions, sessions which tend to be more like skills-based learning okay. opportunities. We've been trying to capture those in formats that allow folks to, to participate after the fact, if they mm-hmm. can't make that that scheduled time, or if they're not physically able to get out, right, um, or just just whatever, just can't be there for whatever reason, you know. And so we we've been putting more and more of that sort of stuff on our YouTube channel, or telling it through social media as well. Oh, fantastic! Explore history is kind of in that same vein where you know we wanted to bring history out of out of the books, out of out of the museums and bring them to community members. And so the Explore History last month, or I guess this month, earlier this month, was on um, women of uh, dude ranching. And we got to learn oh. about a couple different uh, dude ranches in the area and some of the founding or earlier uh, uh, gal, uh, females that were important to those uh, sure. dude ranches. And we had... Um, uh, uh, two folks from the Valley Ranch, which is a dude ranch over actually on the Cody side of the mountains, come and share their story about, one was her story about growing up on the ranch and the other was her mother and her story about Way cool. that part of the dude ranch for, yeah. for her time as involved with that. And uh, we also had uh, um, this, our AmeriCorps member, Alexis Petrie, put together this uh, sign based history timeline of, of dude ranching. And so that was out on display and that's cool. at, the, at the hub for, for last week. That's awesome. We had uh, Zach and I had Sam Morton in where the oh, rivers yeah. run north yeah. and that's a, you know, he kind of talks about dude ranches and uh, I train, I personally train a gal. She's living in Sugarland, and that's oh. how she's from the East coast. And that's how she got out here was women's dude ranches. Nice. And I was kind of like, that's wild, you know, and I didn't, you know, Sam mentions it that women also were, you know, girls were sent out here, yeah. similar idea of, you know, send them out here to get, uh, you know, experience, experience yeah. or, you know, whatever shape, shaping up. But, uh, um, that's way cool. I didn't yeah. know you guys did that. So yeah. Cause she mentioned that and I was like, that's freaking cool. And then, you know, she's like, we stayed out here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of a common story. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. That's way cool. Um, so we had, it was fun because we had about, I don't know, 50 folks there, you know, and, 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 and Carrie does a fantastic, Carrie Edinger, again, our program, history program manager, does a fantastic job of always allowing time for people to share stories. And, and numerous people got up and talked about, you know, they weren't, they weren't on the agenda for the evening. Sure, right. Or the day, I guess. But they got up and felt comfortable enough to share. That's wonderful. What they had experienced. And we had a wrangler, who, a, a gentleman who was, had been a wrangler when he was in his teens. Sure. Um, and, and a variety of other folks that stepped up. This month's or next month's, I guess, is going to be a walking tour of Big Goose, um, just with, right outside of the hub there. With Bill Yellowtail. Yep, Bill Yellowtail and the Colonial Dames are going to open up the, the Mandel Cabin for part of the tour as well. Wow. There's some really neat history that happened and is available to see or to imagine, I guess. Yeah, yeah. From those spaces. Yep. You know, everything from there's a, a, a buffalo jump 
that you, that's not too far from the hub on Smith there to, uh, you know, the river used to, to, the creek used to be in a different location and mm-hmm. there's a brewery there and, you know, a <laughs> mill there. And so all that sort of stuff will be part of that tour. And, and if I guess the weather doesn't allow it, but you never know if October, uh, Carrie will take that indoors and yeah. they'll present it that way. Virtual or so. Yeah. We actually have a virtual tour for it. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, yeah, already established yeah. over the winter. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, it was a little goose multimedia were, were super awesome and donated their time and expertise to actually put that together for us. Uh, you know, what Brad touched on there, uh, people getting up and being able to share their memories and their experiences, uh, you know, that when you talk about bringing history out of the books and out of from behind glass and that kind of stuff, I mean, that's where it's at. You know, you're capturing the living history of the community because, you know, for a lot of the history out here, we still have some pretty close connections to it. Yeah. You know, the week before, uh, you know, we had... Uh, the historian from the Buffalo Bill Center of the West over at the Sheridan Inn talking about uh, Becton, uh, excuse me, uh, the founder of Becton, uh, Mr. Beck. George Beck. Yeah, George Beck. And uh, Horatio, not Horatio, Mr. <laughs> Alger. Horatio, it's a rags to riches story, which for them it was. It wound up being riches. Um, Buffalo Bill and, Cody. And Buffalo yeah, Bill yeah. in developing the West, but you know, there was a person in that audience who got up and talked about, how, uh, you know, when Buffalo Bill was here, uh, their <laughs> Buffalo Bill would go to their grandparents' place and, uh, uh, you know, look for horses to source for his show. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, all right. Not too far from the history here. Yeah. Yes. Man, uh, yes. That's something else. Um, and that's what's so important about those kind of things. But it's like, you know, it's trying to make that connections for people and making connections to the land, too. And, you know, with what we do on the conservation side, uh, you have so many opportunities there, you know, yeah. be it either conserving land itself or, you know, conserving, working to improve, you know, be it through mule deer collaring or, or what we, you know, envision becoming for uh, working on drought resilience out here. Right. And that's a great transition. I will say, you know, you mentioned, you know, bringing people in to speak and, and, you know, connecting the history. Like, I just want to give a shout out to him, Bill Yellowtail. I mean, if you like that connection of someone saying like, you know, uh, Buffalo Bill came into my family for horses. Like, this is why you guys do that. Like, bring Bill Yellowtail in here because, like, he has a wealth of knowledge and knows what you know. He's got those connect. Anyway, so I see that he's helping with the yeah, October yeah, one. We're so excited to have him um, help with it. Yeah. And then just pay attention. You know, November is a long way off, but you guys will do a uh, bus tour up to Black Diamond. Um, you know, in November, but that's a couple months out. But yep, that's um, also part of that historic or explore history program. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Chris did kind of lay into it. So this is kind of the sales pitch now. Um, just for, if we've got new listeners or people watching, you know, the land trust obviously is in conservation. You know, you, you guys have to have partnerships or agreements, easements to be able to do all this, you know, the trails, the history. So, um, and this is a way for people to, you know, give back to, to the community and preserve, you know, the land. So, um, you know, the first thing I guess would be conservation agreements, you know, what are those and, and, uh, what does that entail, you know, for, for people out there that might not know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Voluntary conservation agreements, conservation easements that are the same thing. You know, it's, um, 
typically it's we work with landowners or families who are interested in in conserving that open space of their property for a variety of reasons they might be wanting to conserve that open space as working lands farms and ranches Um, they might be wanting to conserve it for wildlife habitat or open space view shed or maybe all of the above or some of the you know combination of the above sure um it is uh, each person's decision of why they'd want to do a voluntary conservation agreement agreement with the, the land trust I'm sure is unique but it, it, it typically I think of them as being you know you they fall in a couple different ways and again maybe they combine them with each other but right you know, the the legacy family you know you've been on the property for for generations you worked it for you know, you've made it into the property that it is, the, the successful ranch that it is, and you want it to see it stay that way. Mm-hmm. This is a tool that can help ensure that. Or you're the new farmer and rancher, and you're you've taken on some significant debt to acquire that property, and you're trying to you know you're doing your best to work the land, you're paying down that debt, um, but you want to see a way where you can get that property debt free to still stay in ranching but then to help you get it to the next generation mm-hmm. this could be a tool to help you pay down some of that debt as well right or you are you know uh, a landowner who has come to Sheridan and has uh, a large wealth a large income and and you've acquired property and you can see the view the be- the beauty in, in Sheridan mm-hmm. and 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 you're but you're looking for a way to have a that's the tax benefit this could be a, another tool right at that point absolutely and we've we've worked with with uh all of those scenarios including one I didn't even talk about where we helped acquire a conservation easement on a property just north of Sheridan that eventually became our city's Malcolm Wallet Park. Oh, that's right. We haven't so even talked you know, about that. There, yeah. there could be some multiple downstream benefits as mm-hmm. well. That not just benefiting you as a landowner. These conservation easements they they tend to benefit the community both in right. kind of abstract ways, but real that's a real direct way where that yeah. benefited. Absolutely. Um, wildlife benefits, fisheries benefit, working lands benefit, you know, and, but you as a landowner can certainly have some benefit right. as well. Let's talk about the wall, the Malcolm Wallet Park. Is that done? Um, cause I think that was, that was getting started the last time you guys were here. Yeah. Um, there's been multiple, uh, steps in that process. And I don't know if we ever knew what they were when we started. Uh, but yeah, we, uh, let's see about 2017, we worked with, uh, the city, uh, and some partners, uh, to put a conservation easement on, on 31 acres there that became the bulk of that Malcolm Wall park. The city was able to purchase that property then. And then it was, it was a, a park. It, you know, it was open space. It was pretty lightly used. Right. But then this year, uh, this spring, we were able to come in, Ronnie again at Wagner, our trail builder, um, and use that same footprint. And we built our green room trail out there as well. Wonderful. So it's still, it's open space, wildlife habitat, um, a great community park, but now it's a little more accessible. Yep. You know, there's a little over a mile of trail there that takes you both up on the, the little knoll there so you can get a view of the cottonwoods down below and then the, and the park as a whole. But now there's actually a trail that takes you out to the creek as well, their Big Goose Creek there, which was previously 
unaccessible. Unaccessible, yeah. or you, you could wade through the tall grass, I guess. You yeah. Know, <laughs> find, pick the ticks off you as you yeah, got there. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> well, um, in like the access there is, is really, it's the thing that opens up single track experiences to pretty much everybody. Uh, one one great story we had coming out of it, and, and you know, thanks to our trail users for telling us how they enjoy and love their trails. And you know, we had a a, a person who is married to a, a Sheridan native, and they were back during rodeo week, as apparently everybody who has ties to Sheridan comes back <laughs> yes. during rodeo week. It's a tradition. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they had their class reunion, but. Uh, he is an avid backcountry cyclist, but his father, who's in his 70s, certainly isn't. Mm-hmm. So he spent some time up biking backcountry and then had an absolutely fantastic ride with his you know, father in his mid-70s. They could both go enjoy the single track out at the green room because it's an inviting place, and it gets them as... Uh, you know, as the father said, it got me off the pavement. I didn't yeah. have to keep riding the pavement. I could get out on this and ride it and enjoy it. And it puts you closer to nature and closer to that outdoor experience we all love, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how all those can come together. You know, conservation and recreation working, you know, hand in hand in places like that. Love that. That's an awesome story. Yeah, yeah it's fantastic. It was really neat one to hear about. And, and he, he shared that. You know, like unprompted. We love getting those stories. Yeah. You know, and that's, 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 Chris has got a great nose for news, but you know, <laughs> it's impossible to cover the whole world. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and those are the things you don't hear about unless they're, you're either there or yeah. that they share it with you. So in that case, you know, the, the son posted the video on our Sheridan Trail Conditions Facebook group. So if you're curious what trails are like, uh, not just the SCLT trails, but other places. You know, hop on Facebook, join Sheridan Trail Conditions. There's like 1,300 people in that group. Wow. So, and yeah. then we started that oh, about a year two and a half ago. ago. Now, maybe, yeah. yeah, not even two. Huh. Not even two. Well, maybe it is two. Oh, time flies when you're having <laughs> a bit fun, of going Brad. Out <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, well, the, the conditions are important because then it keeps the health of the trails yeah. you know, up to yeah. stuff and all that well, stuff. It's kind of neat. Like, you watch, I look at it in the spring and it's, it's folks are, uh, Oh, is that trail snow free yet or not? Mm-hmm. You know, so rather than jumping in your car and driving to the top of the mountain to find out that, you know, <laughs> oh, I can't do it. <laughs> brought different, different outing or different yeah, equipment or yeah, whatever. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it brings people together that you yeah. might not know are doing the trails and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic. Um, I'm trying to think how we want to do these last couple bits here. Um, we kind of hit on kind of how people can help. You know, either volunteer, or donate. If you're a landowner and you have the land, you know, obviously you can get into an agreement. Um, what are some other ways um, uh, that people might not know would be a great way to help with you guys on, on any sort of project um, or things like that? We're always looking for volunteers, whether it's, you know, primarily people think of volunteering on trails, but we, we have... Uh, needs in the office for folks to help volunteer, you know, technical expertise on history research that Carrie's doing. Um, you know, there's, we have phenomenal 
board members, but we're always kind of looking for board members too. Okay. So there's always that interest as well. So if you want to be more like really involved and be a board member, that's, there's always a possibility to yeah. do that. Um, any history buffs out there, there's an opportunity there because there's, you guys cover a wide range of, you know, Sheridan and the Sheridan area. So that'd be important. Um, well, and especially like if you have, uh, you know, a building that is of historical significance, Mm -hmm. you know, Carrie also works on historical preservation easements and those, uh, have opportunities and SCLT has some some ways no one else can help you with uh, on being able to ensure that what makes that building historical stays in perpetuity because, you know, most people think, well, I put it on the national registry. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I can tear that down tomorrow. But if you work on a historic preservation easement, that ensures that that's going to be around for at minimum 50 years. And so there are advantages there. Yep. Absolutely. I for, completely forgot about that because that's also buildings. You know, that's a very important thing, especially for somebody that might buy a property, you know, that has those buildings on it. You know, that's another way to tie it all in together. Um, you know, talking about board members, you guys are looking for first ever a conservation program manager. Yeah. Um, what would that uh, entail? <clears throat> Working with Chris, probably. Yeah. Everybody, <laughs> we're, we're small enough shop that everybody gets to work with each other yep. on everything <laughs> for the most part. Uh, this conservation program manager is, it's an exciting opportunity. It's an exciting step for the land trust. So most of the conservation work has historically fallen in my office, I guess, so to speak. And, uh, and, and I can't always keep up with it. Sure. So this is, this is in reference to, um, the, the organization, <clears throat> though we certainly are well known for trails. I feel like we really want to increase our conservation uh, presence. Absolutely. Well. So this program manager would be that. Gotcha. They would help develop new voluntary conservation agreements. They would work with existing families who have conservation easements. Uh, and then I think really exciting, an exciting aspect of it is they would, they would develop, um, they would work with landowners on developing conservation on their ground, land management on their ground that is in with eyes to being successful landowners, but also good for wildlife or good for habitat as well. Sure. So they, they might, and I, I'm leaving this person a lot of space to decide what that might be. Right. Um, but it's, it's, when you think of a voluntary conservation agreement, that's, that's in perpetuity. That's a long agreement. But these are more ephemeral, a shorter relationship with the land trust. Gotcha. So they might be, this, this position might eventually develop an effort to help modify fences for making it easier for wildlife to cross through. Um, or maybe they work with uh, uh, game and fish or, uh, again, private landowners and, and put in planting willows along creeks for, for stream habitat. Right. Um, or maybe they develop a program that's wholly unknown to me, yeah. but improves habitat and is positive to, to ranching at the yep. same time, yeah. is, the, is the sideboards that I've given them. Yeah. So we're hiring that position right now. We're interviewing for that position. Right Love now. that. So, you know, that person will have their own creativity, and I'm trying not to <laughs> predetermine too much it too much for them. Yeah. 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 So 
you know, as part of the broader Tongue River initiative that we're in with uh, Nature Conservancy in Wyoming and Sheridan County Conservation District, who do absolutely phenomenal work out here, uh, getting programs to landowners for some of those improvements. Um, you know, just a couple Fridays ago, we were up on Amsden Wildlife Management Area in Amsden Creek, helping build beaver dam analog structures. Now, we, we built functional beaver dams out there. Maybe I shouldn't say like wholly functional. We certainly aren't, you know, beaver quality, but we did hold back some water. And so like the cool part about that is, uh, you know, these are structures that have been utilized quite a bit throughout other parts of the Mountain West, Ohio, or Ohio, Utah, and Eastern Oregon. See, that's where I was moving stuff together in my brain. Um, and, you know, in some areas can help kind of, you know, if you got a scenario where you might have a head gate that is coming out of the water and struggling to get there, maybe if we can push a little bit of water into that area and build up the water table, well, maybe that head gate doesn't have to be redug or, you know, yep. wholly replaced or whatnot. And that was, that was one of the scenarios that actually happened out uh in the lander area in the Red Canyon Ranch. And so we were participating in this workshop with the ranch manager uh, for that property who came out here and helped show us how those things work because they've seen it improve conditions on the ground for them on their ranch. So, you know, how can you take something that works in some scenarios? You know, not necessarily is it the right thing for everybody everywhere? No. But can it be for some people, some places? And that's what so much of that type of management work is. Wonderful. And who uh, who's the best person to reach out for, you know, inquiries on that? Is that you, Brad, or just the go conservation to the conservation program manager? Yep. Mm-hmm. I'd say stay tuned at this point. Okay. We're, we're down the road a little ways. Um, it's a little early. Uh, <laughs> well, no, it's, 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 it's more that we've... Uh, Send me your, your amazing <laughs> resume, <laughs> but I, I'm also interviewing right okay, now. Okay. Awesome. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So you're busy. It's yeah, happening. Yeah, okay. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, we're moving. Yeah. Awesome. No, fantastic. No, that's cool. I think that'd be a really cool position. I think, you know, it, uh, you'd be building relationships and it'd be quick projects or it could be long projects. You know, it's kind of whatever. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. Thank it could, could be whatever. Yeah. Um, that, fan, that sounds awesome. So if you know anyone that's interested... Get it to me yep. as quickly gotta as get, possible. Got to get it to Brad ASAP. Director at SheridanCLT.org. Awesome. Okay. Last one here to finish out. This is awesome. So you guys do uh, what's called In Bloom uh, with Sheridan Media. Um, this is uh, going to be Wednesday, October 20th um, at the Sheridan College in the Kennison Hall. Um, starts at 5 p.m., so cocktails and hors d'oeuvres. Um, so definitely want to be there at 5. And then uh, the program will start at 6.30. This is a big fundraiser for you guys. Um, but tell us on who is the guest speaker coming to this. I, I kind of want to hear what you have to say about him. I'm Well, I'm just... It's uh, Ronan Donovan. He's uh, part of National Geographic. Um, I have no idea what that means. Like, he must be vetted to be a National Geographic fellow, yes. Uh, but um, he, uh, photographer, right? Is he a photographer? Hold on. I'm trying to remember. Um, 
I'm he's just done like look he's been in, he's been in National Geographic the Smitho- Miss, wow Smith Smithsonian yeah BBC uh, PBS New York Times Wildlife Fund the Natural Conservation uh, Con- wow Conservancy um, Nature Conservancy oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean shoot right there just that's yeah, I know he's a uh, resume. You know where he's at right <laughs> now? Oh, yeah. Where is he at right now? He's up on Ellesmere Island above the Arctic Circle. Holy filming, cow. Filming Arctic Wolves uh, f- uh, for the Planet Earth 3. Wow. Which uh, apparently is going to come out next year, which if uh, you are uh, as big of a fan of the nature documentary yes. work as I am, uh, I mean... Planet Earth 3, like, they don't get better than the Planet Earth series. I mean, that has really been the high watermark of, and really transitioned into the modern uh, nature documentaries. And he, um, so he's going to be doing a story, you know, kind of a storytelling. Um, Do we, is it like his life or what's, uh, do we know what uh, he's prepped for? He's, he's supposed to talk about his work with, with wolves in Yellowstone and in Ellesmere. Okay. In the Arctic. Awesome. Um, you know, I know he's also done a lot of work with chimpanzees in Africa. He might touch on some of that, but uh, I kind of just gave him some space to. <laughs> you talk about whatever yeah. you want. <laughs> well, and like when you look at like, you know, when you talk about wolves in Yellowstone, you're talking about everything in the ecosystem. You know, you're yeah. talking about the bison up there. You're talking about elk. Uh, you're talking about grizzlies. Uh, you. You get to take a look because you know, Ronan spent a year in Yellowstone shooting for the National Geographic magazine that became that, that one single issue uh, on the 100th anniversary of Yellowstone, the, the Yellowstone issue, right? Um, so you really get a you'll hear about wildlife and ecology through Ronan's lens and, and Ronan's lens is a pretty dang phenomenal lens and we're fortunate to be able to bring someone of his caliber here to Sheridan. And that story also is pretty interesting. Yeah. No, that's, that's fantastic. I don't want, we don't want to bury too much of the lead because we want people to come and come hear him speak. And, and, you know, and it is certainly don't want to forget that it is a fundraiser for us as well. So everybody's welcome to come and enjoy, you know, like you said, cocktails and hors d'oeuvres on us, socialize, but we really want you to also remember to bring your wallets with you. Yes. <laughs> Be ready to spend you know, some money. Yeah, and help us out. You know, you don't know, no pressure, but certainly some pressure. <laughs> Definitely pressure. <laughs> so it's, uh, In Bloom is a fundraiser to conserve local lands and ranches. Mm-hmm. And of course, alongside of conserving open lands and ranches, that's wildlife habitat. That's places for birds. It's places, you know, one of our easements is has a ton of uh, elk that move off the mountain in the winter and come down in winter down in that area. So, it, it, you know, uh, one of our other easements has key sage grouse habitat on it. Uh, another one right here on the edge of town has 10 species of raptor living on it, including the threatened burrowing owl. Right. So... In addition to that, you also have what makes just our open spaces are what make Sheridan County, Sheridan County, you know, like mm-hmm. the, that's, it's, it's the big views out here that really translate and, and really make an impact. So and those ranches and those families that have that connection, we don't want to lose that. For yeah, absolutely. We always talk about, you know, when you're up on red grade a hundred years from now, what do you want Sheridan County to look like? And, and I, you know, 
I want it to look like at least me, and I can. I guess I can speak for myself only. But I, you know, I'd love to see it have a mixture of you know homes for families to grow up in, but also still space for for you know those young ranchers, those generational ranchers, and, and all the wildlife that goes with it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we don't want it to be completely lost to to, to growth. To growth yep, you know? absolutely. Growth is good. Yes, for certain. Yes, is important. But we also need to, you know, leave some spaces as well. Yep, preserve it and enjoy it. You know, and that's what the trails are for. And, yeah. Um, no, that's awesome. That was well said. Um, well, um, I'm marking my calendar October twentieth. Um, if I can get away from practice in time for <laughs> six thirty. But um, if you um, looks like people can RSVP on the website, yes. uh, uh, SheridanCLT.org. Um, and I just saw here on your flyer. So Ronan is auctioning uh, or donating, I guess. He's donating photography lessons. So that'll be part of the yeah, auction. One of the live auction items. So Yeah, you you yeah, one of the things you can do is you can uh take photography lessons for four people. So not just you, but you can bring some oh. friends or, you know, you're uh, a couple and, and kids or, you know, however you want to put four people together, but you'll have So it's a group. Eye. Yep. He, yeah. He's, he's allowing a yeah, group of four. Up, up yeah. to four and you'll go up on Soldier Ridge Trail System and, uh, you know, you get breakfast as part of it and you get to spend a couple hours oh. with Ronan learning how to take pictures from somebody who's had his work in National Geographic, yeah. in Smithsonian, <laughs> for the Nature Conservancy, for, you know. His video work is going to be on TV, and it already has been. Yes. Like the, the, the White Wolf series is already out there, and now he'll be on Planet Earth 3. I mean, like, you can't learn from better people than that. So that's one option. That is truly, like, once well, in a you, lifetime, right? You, you sold me on breakfast. Like, I was like, oh, and I get well, fed. And, and like, I get oh. breakfast. <laughs> well, you know, so the other, you know, right now, we also have a, a slew of silent auction items uh, that you can bid for online, as well as our, uh, we have our, you know, you can take your shot on a Weatherby shotgun. Uh, so there's a raffle for that. There's only 100 tickets. They're 10 bucks a piece. Go right onto our website. Check out the In Bloom page right there up at the top, and you'll be able With to this go little, to all of those. This little logo right here, I would imagine, right here. Uh, you will see the button for yeah. up top, but then you'll get onto the page with all that. So and now this was taken by Ronan, yes? Yeah. Yes. That's fantastic. Get it for the video there. So, right. um, Have you heard? Have you oh, heard? have you heard? Sorry, I was like, yeah, oh, I was like, <laughs> yeah, it works better with like with camera scene. Have you heard? Both, so. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, thank you guys. Uh, is there anything I missed? I don't think so. I think we hit on everything Covered you guys wanted early. to cover. You know, I um, think it sounds like uh, we need to bring Ronnie back here. We need to bring our conservation program manager back here. Yep, whenever. Yep, and and, uh, and Carrie back in for the history history stuff. Absolutely. No, guys. Well, uh, Chris and Brad, you guys are more than happy to come back on. That's when I was emailing uh, Chris, um, or I think you sent me some. I don't know how it happened. You guys were sending me some updates. I was like, how about you guys just come back into the studio? And you're like, let's do it. I was like, so anytime you guys have a release, shoot it over to us. We'll be glad to put it on our show or we'll have you guys back in here. So Brad and Chris, thanks for coming by. I know you guys are busy. And uh, again, Wednesday, uh, October 20th, uh, go to the in bloom. Um, You have Ronan Donovan there speaking and he's doing Q and a. So if you have questions for him, I I bet he's more than happy to do that. So thank you guys. And uh, we'll catch everyone next time. Thank you.